0: Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during Essinghuinka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly with additional archives from Essinghuinka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by Essinghuinka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.p-a-r-i-y-a-t-t-i.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. N. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org.
1: Friends, we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana, and how does it help us in our day to day life and how it is relevant in today's situation it is a very ancient technique discovered and preached by the enlightened one 26 centuries back It is a process, an exercise to come out of all the miseries of the life, all the miseries. It is relevant today as it was relevant 26 centuries back when this was discovered and preached, or rather more relevant today. Gentle misery is always there. Sickness is a misery. Old age is a misery. Death is a misery. Getting associated with undesirables, undesirable person, undesirable situation, is a misery, getting disassociated with desirable ones, desirable persons, desirable situations, is a misery. One craves to get something and fails to get it, is a misery. All these are quite understandable. And misery that is experienced now by the humankind, the misery created by the terrorists inhuman, unwholesome, cruel activities of these terrorists, great misery. So inhuman. One even has no acquaintance with the person whom one is killing, a large number of persons whom one is killing, one does not know them, has no personal enmity with them. And yet, just because they do not belong to our religion, my religion. They do not belong to my country, they do not belong to my sect, my belief, my dogma, my race. What a great madness! So many people, so innocent, they have to suffer. Vipassana is very relevant, even in this situation. Twenty-six centuries back we find, in the history of those days, in the time of those days, a great terrorist who had killed 999 human beings, not with any blasting, murdering each one of them with his sword. How cruel this person had been, without knowing them who they are. Anyone who passes through a jungle where he lives, he will kill them. 999. And he was looking for the thousandth one. Such madness. And fortunately he came in contact with Buddha, he came in contact with Vipassana. Totally changed. Totally changed, unbelievable became such a saintly person, all rest of his life, full of love, full of compassion, serving people, helping people. I was so mad. I used to harm myself, I used to harm others. Look, this wonderful technique Help me. Come out of your miseries also by the use of this technique. So much of love, many people will remember that this mad fellow had killed my father, my mother, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, and they will throw stones at him. They will hit him with sticks, even with swords. Blood will start oozing from his body and from his heart only love, only compassion. May you come out of your misery. As I have come out of my misery, may you come out of your misery. What a big change. In those days also as they are today, professional murderers. A number of such professional murderers will take money to kill anybody just to get money. So many of them got totally changed by this technique. What is the technique? Let us understand. The discovery was the enlightened, enlightenment of this enlightened person, whom I see as a super scientist of spirituality. He made wonderful discoveries as to how we become miserable. These apparent reasons are there. Anybody can understand. But the misery arises inside. Something happens outside, but the misery arises inside. What is happening inside? That you discovered. This combination of mind and matter. The analytical study of the combination of mind and matter. How mind keeps on influencing the matter, the body. And how the matter keeps on influencing the mind at such the deeper level of the mind, deepest level. And one keeps on reacting. And with this reaction, misery starts. And it keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. And it overpowers. One becomes helpless. So he found out a way how to go to the depth depth of this mind-matter structure and realize what is happening. He kept on saying that it is because of the ignorance, ignorance not because one has not read the scriptures or one has not accepted the scriptures at the devotional level, no. One is ignorant because one does not know what is happening at the depth of the mind. One keeps on working at the surface level of the mind and the misery is there even at the surface level of the mind and tries to come out of that misery. Find faults outside. I'm miserable because of this person. He's misbehaving. This person is insulting me, harming me. I'm miserable because the situation is unpleasant. And one uses all one's energy to rectify things outside. Yes, one has to do that, nothing wrong. But what he discovered going inside, the misery lies inside. The cause of misery lies inside. The way to eradicate the misery lies inside. For that, one has to develop the faculty, of observing the reality within the framework of the body. Reality. Reality pertaining to oneself. This mind, matter, structure. Many saints and sages and seers have been saying, know thyself, know thyself. How to, how to know thyself? One knows I am so-and-so, but that doesn't solve the problem. Or the scripture says, you are so and so, you are immortal, this or that. Doesn't solve the problem. He gave away how to know yourself at the experiential level. Not because your teacher says so, or your scripture says so, or your tradition says so. As a scientist, keep on realizing the truth. Truth pertaining to mind, matter, mind, matter. Technique wants you to work continuously to understand the reality at the deepest level of the mind. One has to work continuously, continuously. For ten days, less than that, one can't go to the depth of the mind there are many techniques, many techniques, where one works on the surface of the mind, one is agitated, one is miserable, how to come out of agitation. Something has happened outside which makes one very miserable, then divert your attention. Divert attention to something else. Even if you start counting one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, your mind is diverted and you feel you are coming out of that. No, it's a temporary relief. Again you are the same person. Or you start chanting some name, some mantra, some words, repeatedly, 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 your mind gets diverted and you feel, I am relieved. Name of any deity. God or Goddess in whom one has got great confidence, one has got great devotion. It becomes easy to decide the name of one's deity. Keep on deciding, keep on deciding, a very good, a very good solution was found. It worked, it works even now. You keep on deciding, keep on deciding, like a mother keeps on singing lullaby for the child who is agitated. My dear child, sleep. My dear child, sleep. Keeps on repeating, repeating, the child sleeps. Similarly, we keep on repeating any word, keep on repeating, repeating, the mind sleeps. And when feel, we feel we are out of misery. No. The misery has gone deep inside, you have suppressed it. On the surface of the mind you feel, oh wonderful, I am out of it. Or people, when very miserable, run for some kind of sensual entertainment, this entertainment, that entertainment, so that you forget your misery. Yes, you have forgotten your misery. How long? Again, you are the same person. Buddha said, go to the depth of the mind where misery arises. Realize the truth about the interaction of this mind and matter. So these 10 days are required to experience the truth. Whenever you decide to spare 10 days of your life and you join a camp, a center, very important. There must be congenial atmosphere all around where there is no disturbance and there must be a proper guide with experience who can guide you. You join the camp, you will be asked to sit down. Sit down comfortably, not necessarily in this posture or that posture, a lotus posture or a half lotus posture. If you can sit comfortably, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture for you. Keep your back. And next, straight. This keeps you more attentive. Keep your eyes gently closed. Eyes have got no function. You have to experience the truth about the mind and matter within the framework of the body. Nothing outside to be seen. Eyes gently closed. Mouth gently closed. You are sitting now. Just to observe, just to feel the reality pertaining to myself at the experiential level. There is no vocal action now, no physical action. What is happening? What reality manifests itself at this moment? The first reality that you will ex- experience is the breath. The breath coming in, the breath going out. This is reality, no imagination involved. The breath coming in, breath going out, start with that. Just keep on feeling the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out, keeping your attention at the entrance of the nostrils. Don't make it a breathing exercise, don't try to control the breath. That is a different technique altogether, it is called Pranayama where you control the breath, discipline the breath. This is totally different. We don't condemn other techniques. Pranayama has its own advantages. It makes the body healthy. But this is totally different. Here, you observe the reality as it is, not as you would like it to be. As it is, at this moment, and then from moment to moment, moment to moment, whatever reality manifests, Reality pertaining to your body, pertaining to your mind. So the breath as it is, if it is deep, just accept the fact it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. It passes through left nostril, left nostril, right nostril, right nostril. Don't interfere with the natural flow of the breath as it is. You have to do nothing. Just observe. Like somebody sitting at the bank of the river, keeps on looking the flow of the river. One does nothing for the flow of the river. It is there, natural flow. And one is just observing. So also, keeping the attention at the entrance of the nostril, you just feel the flow of respiration. As it is. As it is. So easy, one has to do nothing, things are happening, you just observe, and yet so difficult, so difficult, whenever you come to a course, the first day, very difficult, you hardly observe one or two breaths and the mind is gone somewhere, and you realize, oh, what happened? I was here to observe the breath, what happened? All right, you again start, again in a minute or so mind wanders away. It keeps on wandering away, wandering away. Like a monkey, a monkey mind does not stay still. Many a times a new student coming to the course like this gets frustrated, gets irritated. Start generating aversion towards oneself, anger towards oneself, towards one's own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? Such an easy task and yet it cannot perform. Then the guide will say, no, no anger. Anger is anger. Anger towards yourself or towards anybody else, it makes you miserable. And you have come here to come out of misery, come out of this defilement. Just accept the fact. You were observing the breath, mind wandered away. As soon as you realise, just accept the fact, oh, the mind has wandered away, that's all. Breath is still there. Come back. I again start. Again, mind wanders away. And you realize, just accept. Mind is wandered away. That's all. Keep on working, working, working patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently, continuously, continuously. The second day, the mind calms down a little. Third day, it calms down further. Not that wandering is totally stopped, but it is less monkey mind now, it is getting calmed down a little. As you keep your attention on a small area, this was a great discovery of the enlightened one, you have to work on a very small area, a called one pointed concentration, very small this area, and always feeling the truth. The concentration is not any kind of imagination. The truth, truth that you are experiencing. That is why while you are practicing the feeling of uh, respiration, no imagination is permitted. No verbalization, no visualization, no speculation, no imposition of this philosophy or that philosophy. The truth as it is bare bread, mere bread, nothing but bread, natural bread, normal bread. Because you're working with the truth, the path takes you to subtler truth, subtler truth, subtler truth, subtlest truth pertaining to this corporeal structure, the physical structure. Subtlest truth pertaining to the mind, subtlest truth pertaining to the mental contents, because you are working with the truth. Anything else you add to it, you will lose the real path. So be with the truth as it is, as you feel. Because you are working for three days, just with the breath, the truth of the breath, mind starts becoming sharper and sharper, subtler and subtler, more and more sensitive. And other realities, mind starts feeling other realities, realities pertaining to this mind and matter structure, because you are working on a small area here, on this area you start feeling some biochemical reaction or the other, some electromagnetic reaction or the other, which manifests itself as this physical sensation or that physical sensation. Some physical sensation is there, which is always there. Now your mind is capable to feel this. Maybe heat, maybe perspiration, maybe throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, heaviness, numbness, anything. Something or the other is constantly happening on this part of the body. And not only on this part of the body, the entire body, every part of the body, every particle of the body, every atom of the body. There is some sensation or the other, every moment, every moment. Our mind is so gross. It can feel only very gross sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, heat, etc. But there are so different types of sensations throughout the body, on different parts of the body. Now your mind is becoming capable of feeling many types of sensations. So from the fourth day onwards, you start working from the top of the head and start Scanning the entire body part by part, part by part, down to the tips of the toes. And you find sensations everywhere. Sensations are there. Your mind is now capable to feel different sensations. At times, when I went for the first course, I started thinking, what is this teaching? What do I gain just observing the breath coming in, going out? So what? It is there. What I gain by this? According to the tradition in which I was born, brought up, if I use the name, name of my deity, God, and keep on deciding that, the God will be very pleased to hear his name. He might be very helpful to me. No verbalization. If I just imagine the shape or form of my God and keep on imagining it, the God will be very happy. But this is also not allowed. There was a use of this breath. Mere breath, mere breath. And now mere sensations, heat, perspiration, throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, it is there, so what? What again? But slowly it became very clear. When you are observing the breath, at the apparent level it looks that it is connected with the body. It's a function of the body. The lungs are working and you feel the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out. Yes, correct. But. It is strongly related to mind also, very strongly related. Very strongly related to the mental defilements, impurities also. That you will realize. Not because your teacher says so, not because the Buddha has said so, not because the scripture says so, by your own experience you will find. Say you are observing the breath. Observing the breath, the mind wandered away in the past or in the future and some thought came in your mind, maybe unpleasant thought came in your mind, and you started generating anger or hatred or fear or anything, you will notice the breath has lost its normality. It is no more normal. It becomes slightly hard, slightly fast. And when that particular defilement has gone away, again it becomes normal. Oh, so breath is strongly related to the mind also, and very strongly related to the mental impurities and we are here to understand how these mental impurities arise, how they multiply, how they overpower us. That is why the first lesson is to observe the breath. And now these sensations, very soon one starts realising these sensations at the apparent level it looks, they are physical sensations, we feel sensations on the body, no. They are physical sensations, but strongly related to mind and mental impurities. Whenever any impurity arises in the mind, as you keep on keep on experiencing the truth, experiencing the truth, you'll find, see anger as a reason, and you will notice the entire chemistry of the body has changed. There is a burning sensation in the body. Palpitation has increased. Tension gets built up oh so these sensations are related to mental impurities old habits you do not know at all how these sensations sensations are arisen what connection they have with the mind and you do not know that at a deeper level you keep on reacting keep on reacting to these sensations when you experience unpleasant sensations, gross sensations. Initially when you start working on the fourth day, most of the students, they get very solidified, intensified, gross, unpleasant sensations, like pain, pressure, heaviness, etc. And you react. You react with aversion, you don't like it. Aversion, hatred, aversion, hatred. After a few days, you start feeling very pleasant sensations. A flow of very subtle vibrations throughout the body, very pleasant, very pleasant. And again you react, you react with craving, you react with clinging. So this habit pattern throughout the physical structure, day and night, every moment, some sensation or the other is there due to this reason or that reason, reasons apart, sensation is there, pleasant, unpleasant, sometimes neutral, and one keeps on reacting craving, aversion, craving, aversion, when one goes to the depth of the mind and starts experiencing peace and harmony there, then one notices that whenever one has reacted with craving or with aversion, one has lost the balance of the mind, one has lost the peace of the mind, one has lost the harmony of the mind, misery has started. And at the conscious level, one doesn't know what is happening deep inside. One doesn't know there are so many sensations going on inside. One doesn't know that one keeps on reacting to them with craving, aversion, craving, aversion. All the other defilements arise because of these two, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. And constantly it is going on at the depth of the mind. So misery is there at the depth of the mind. How to come out of it? You have to develop the faculty to feel the sensation. For that you have been working three days, respiration, respiration, now you started feeling. Initially in some cases people do not feel sensation everywhere. Some parts go blind, they are not blind, but mind is not capable to feel. And repeatedly, repeatedly one keeps on working, very soon one reaches the stage. One feels sensations everywhere on the body, every part of the body. So you have to develop the faculty to feel sensations on the body. And second, very important part is when you feel a sensation, pleasant or unpleasant, don't react, don't generate any negativity, just observe, just observe objectively. Don't identify yourself with it, my pain, my pleasure. Don't identify, no eye, no mind, the reality as it is, pleasant, unpleasant, as it is, and keep on observing. When you observe, you find it is not a turner. Any sensation that arises in the body is not eternal. When you come across very solidified, intensified, gross sensation, it arises seems to stay for some time but sooner or later it passes away it arises sooner or later passes away and when you come across very subtle sensations vibrations 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 wavelets wavelets same characteristic this also arises passes arises passes now with great rapidity with high velocity not eternal and then wisdom at the experiential level, one develops wisdom. Something which is so ephemeral, so impermanent, arises just to pass away, arises just to pass away. What is the sense to react to these with craving or with aversion? How unpleasant a sensation may be, it is not eternal, it passes away. Let me see how long it lasts, let me see how long it lasts. And how pleasant a sensation may be. It will not last forever, it arises to pass away, it rises to pass away. This is how you are training your mind at the experiential level, understanding the nature, the truth of this mind-matter structure. Constantly in a flux, constantly in a flow, constant change is taking place, constant change is taking place. A great discovery made by this enlightened person I don't know how people started taking him as a founder of a religion. Nothing to do. He was never a founder of any religion. He was a super-scientist, super-scientist of spirituality, super-scientist. He discovered certain things which were not known. In those days, 26 centuries back, without any scientific instruments, separatists that we have today, He discovered by his own experience, by his own insight, he discovered this physical structure which looks so solid, no solidity, no solidity, entire physical structure is made of very tiny particles and for that the tiniest particle of the material world, he gave a name, Kalapa. Kalapam is the tiniest particle, what we call today atom, tiniest particle. And this tiniest particle is also not, not firm, not stable. This also keeps on, keeps on changing, arising, passing, arising, passing, mere vibration. No solidity, mere vibration, the entire physical structure, mere vibration, and then... It took its attention outside in the entire world, the entire universe, mere vibration, mere vibration. It looks solidity, solidified, but when you keep on observing, observing, it gets divided, dissected, disintegrated, dissolved. Mere atoms, rising, passing, rising, passing. So also mind and mental contents, rising, passing, rising, passing. Initially one comes across solidified mental contents, like an emotion that has come, a fear, a passion, anything that has arisen, anger, it comes very solidified, keep on observing, observing, dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, dissolving, mere vibration, mere vibration. And with this experience he announced, sabbo, loko, pakampito, pajalito, the entire universe is mere combustion and vibration. Combustion and vibration. Our today's scientists also, about 150 years ago, discovered the same truth. There is no solidity in the material world at all. Mere wavelets, mere wavelets. But here is somebody who discovered it with his own experience. And that made such a big difference. And that experience can be made by any Vipassana meditator. Initially you will get only solidified truths. You keep on observing, as you are more and more equanimous, you are not reacting to that. Old habit is to react, many a times you will be reacting, but then few moments you will get, don't react, just observe, don't react, just observe, these few moments will turn into few seconds, few minutes, and more and more you are equanimous with these sensations, you are aware of sensation, you are equanimous to it, you will find all vibrations, vibrations, Even the solidified pain, there is an undercurrent of vibration passing through it, mere vibration, mere vibration. What happens? What you gain by this? It is not something to quench the thirst of curiosity. What is this physical structure? What is this mental structure? No, this is something to help you to know the law of nature. And how, because of ignorance of the law of nature, how one keeps on generating misery for oneself. How one keeps on multiplying misery for oneself. What happens when you reach that stage when the entire structure is mere vibration, vibration, vibration? You come to the eye, eye eye-sense door, or ear-sense door, or nose-sense door, or tongue-sense door, or body-sense door, or the mind-sense door. These are the only six sense doors because of which the world is world for us. Otherwise the world doesn't exist. Somebody who is blind from the birth, for him there is no shape, form, color, light. Somebody deaf, no sound. Because of these sense doors, the world reality come in contact with you. And you notice, whatever is coming in contact with these sense doors is also mere vibration, vibration. A shape, a form, a color, a light comes in contact with the eye, sense to vibration, vibration. A sound comes in contact with the ear, sense to vibration. Smell comes in contact with the nose. Taste comes in contact with the tongue. Something tangible comes in contact with the body. A thought or emotion comes in contact with the mind. Vibration, vibration, vibration. Then the reality makes you understand. How things are happening within this framework of the body. A sound has come in contact with the ear sense too. What happens? If you are a good meditator, you will understand this vibration here. Sound that has come is also vibration. With joining of these two, a special vibration has started, a neutral vibration. One part of the mind, its job is to cognize something has happened. And this part of the mind will say, Look, at the ear sense door, something has happened. Or the eye sense door, or nose sense door, or tongue sense door, or body sense door, or mind, something has happened. Ear sense door, something has happened. Another part of the mind will raise its head, What has happened? With all the memory of the past, with all the experience of the past, this part of the mind will say, Oh, this is sound and these are words and recognizes what words, words of insult or words of praise, and gives evaluation. Insult, very bad, praise, ah, wonderful, it has given evaluation. The moment this part of the mind gives evaluation, these neutral vibrations which are there throughout the body, a flow of vibration always there, this starts changing. The moment this part of the mind says, this is insult very bad, you will notice the flow of the vibration has changed, very unpleasant. It has become very unpleasant. And it has given the valuation, these words are praise, Ah, wonderful. You will notice the flow of vibration has become very pleasant, very pleasant. Third part of the mind has started feeling these sensations. Then the fourth part of the mind starts working. It starts reacting. Unpleasant sensation. Aversion. I don't like it. I don't like it. Pleasant sensation. Wonderful. I like it. I like it. Either craving or aversion. Craving or aversion. At the apparent level, one feels that I aversion towards the words that somebody said. Somebody insulted me. So naturally, I, I generate aversion. Or somebody has praised me. That is why I generate clinging, craving, but no. This enlightened person realized, you never react. You are not reacting to the objects, outside objects. It appears to be so. This is just apparent truth. Real truth is, there is a missing link. Some object has come in contact with your sense door and a vibration started. Whether the vibration is pleasant or unpleasant, then only you start reacting with craving or aversion. One has to go to that depth, where craving is starting, where aversion is starting. That is why, in a very scientific way, it takes us to the stage where we can feel different types of sensations in the body, one part of the meditation, of the the technique. Second part of the technique, don't react, just observe, just observe. Because ignorantly, if you keep on reacting, it keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. You keep on multiplying, multiplying, your reaction of craving or aversion, you are multiplying your misery. You understand at the experiential level that whenever this reaction starts, you lose the balance of your mind, you lose the peace of your mind, you lose the happiness of your mind. What I am doing? Look what I am doing, I am harming myself. When one comes to that stage, eradication of misery automatically starts. People by habit, by nature, very angry on small little things, they get irritated, become very angry, develop aversion, hatred, ill will, animosity, anger, anger. Now whenever anger arises, one is a good meditator. What is happening in the body? Anger in the mind. What is happening in the body? Burning sensation. The whole body is a burning sensation. Pulsation increases. Tension gets built up. Misery. Misery. What I am doing? I am harming myself. At the apparent level, at the surface level, I generate anger to teach a lesson to that fellow. He insulted me, so I must generate anger, otherwise he will keep on, keep on insulting me. But before you harm somebody with your anger, you first harmed yourself. A great discovery by this enlightened person. You can't harm anybody without first harming yourself. You can't harm. So all the lessons of morality become so clear. Why the sages and saints and seers of the past? Why wise people of the the past said, live a moral life? Moral life means Don't perform any unwholesome action which will harm or hurt other people, which will disturb the peace and harmony of other people. It is understandable at the surface level. Human being is a social being. If he keeps on disturbing other people, the entire society will get disturbed. How can I live in peace and harmony when I keep on disturbing others? So it is my duty not to disturb others, not to harm others. This is morality. Good. But this enlightened person, the great scientist, even deeper, when you don't harm other people, it is good. You feel as if you are obliging others. You are obliging the society. You are not killing anybody. You are not stealing anything. You don't have any sexual misconduct. You don't try to deceive others. No vocal or physical action to harm others. Good. But you must understand you are obliging yourself. Because every time you harm anybody, you perform any unwholesome action, vocal or physical. You can't perform without generating some impurity or the other in your mind. You can't kill somebody without generating aversion, hatred, ill-will, animosity. You can't steal something without generating greed. You can't commit any sexual misconduct without generating passion, lust. You can't deceive anybody, you can't say any harsh, harsh words to anybody without generating some defilement or the other. And now you find, as soon as I generate any defilement, any negativity, I am the first victim of my negativity. Look, I've started harming myself. I've started harming myself. Burning sensation. So unpleasant. Nobody wants to harm oneself. Everyone wants to live a happy life. A peaceful life, a harmonious life. But out of ignorance, one doesn't know what is happening deep inside. One keeps on generating this defilement or that defilement. Anger or hatred or craving or fear or ego. Any kind of defilement, any kind of impurity in the mind. One starts harming oneself, harming oneself. This becomes clearer and clearer. Out of ignorance, I have placed my hand on the burning fire. It burns. I got a lesson, don't touch, this is burning fire. Two times I make a mistake, three times I make a mistake. Oh no, this is fire, I should not touch. It will burn. Similarly, when you start experiencing the truth inside, any defilement, look, I am burning. I have become so miserable. I have become so miserable. And I am responsible for that misery. I am responsible. No, this is very dangerous. And people start coming out. Coming out of the old habit pattern of generating negativities, generating misery for oneself, mind becomes purer and purer, the old habit pattern starts changing at the depth level. It is very easy to change the habit pattern at the surface of the mind. Oh, anger is very bad, no good, don't have anger, don't have aversion, don't have craving, all those those teachings are there. So you try to suppress that. Suppressed at the surface level, you feel now I am out of defilement. Deep inside, you're suppressed and they keep on multiplying deep inside, deep inside. Buddha says, no, unless you work at the root level of your mind, you are not liberated from your misery. A huge tree, you have cut it, poisonous tree, you have cut it off, but the roots are still there. Another tree will sprout. More trees will sprout. Your misery is not going away. So work at the deepest level where misery starts, where defilement starts, where you lose the balance of your mind, where you lose the peace of your mind and change the habit pattern at that level. And it works. It worked 26 centuries back. It works even today. Law of nature is law of nature. Or you can say that The the, God's law, whatever you call it, the law is, if you break this law, you'll be punished here and now. If you live the life in line with the law, you'll be rewarded here and now. This becomes clearer and clearer. The law is keep your mind pure, free from defilements. This is the law of nature. And I break that law. I generate defilement, negativity. I'm punished. The nature starts punishing me. Or one can say the God starts punishing me. I become miserable. When you break the law of a country, you have to suffer punishment. It may take a long time. Your case goes from one court to the other court, to the other court, appeals after appeals, years together. Maybe sometimes no punishment. But here, the law of nature. The moment you break the law, you are punished, you become miserable. And the moment you start living with pure mind, you are rewarded. When the mind is pure, one starts feeling so much of peace, so much of harmony, so much of happiness, which has never experienced, one has never experienced with the sensual pressures outside. This peace, this harmony, this happiness is quite unique and lasting, so the reward. When I make my mind pure, I start getting reward then and there. And whenever I generate impurity in my mind, I not only harm myself, I not only make myself miserable, I make others miserable also. I start throwing that misery on others, I generate anger. The entire atmosphere around me gets permeated with the vibration of unhappiness, misery, tension. Anyone who comes in contact with me at that time feels misery, miserable. Similarly, if the mind is pure, pure mind is always full of love, compassion, goodwill, then I am feeling so happy, so peaceful. When the entire atmosphere around me gets charged with the vibration of peace, harmony, peace, harmony, anyone comes in contact with me at that time, will start feeling peace, harmony. Law of nature is such. One has to understand this law of nature at the experiential level. This is what Vipassana teaches you. Mere understanding at the intellectual level is good. It gives you guidance, it gives you understanding that I have to experience it. But unless you experience the truth yourself at the deepest level, you can't appreciate this law. And you can't change your habit pattern at the deepest level of the mind. That is why this technique is always relevant. Human mind is human mind. Whether you are white or black or brown or yellow makes no difference. Human being is human being. Man or woman makes no difference. One belonging to this religion or that religion makes no difference. Mind is the same. Out of ignorance, one keeps on generating negativity. When I generate anger, you can't label it. This is Hindu anger, or Buddhist anger, or Christian anger, or Jewish anger. Anger is anger, and the misery that one experiences, is again, you can't label it, this is Buddhist misery, or Hindu misery, or Christian misery, misery is misery. And when the mind becomes pure, and you experience peace and harmony, again you can't label This is Hindu peace, Buddhist peace, Christian peace, or Muslim peace, peace is peace. Law of nature is law of nature non-sectarian, nothing to do with these different sects, different traditions, different beliefs, different dogmas, keep them aside. You want to have them, keep them, but don't forget to go to the depth of the mind, come out of these defilements, enjoy real peace, real harmony, for this one has to work. Mere understanding at the intellectual level, mere accepting at the emotional or devotional level, doesn't work. One has to experience it, experience it, for which one has to spare ten days of life. People who have taken courses, they feel, why ten days? People also don't want to come for ten days, so come, come, I will teach the same technique in two days. For weekends, come, I will teach you one hour morning, one hour evening, good enough. Some benefit people get. But they don't understand that they are harming people. They are creating a barrier for these people. These people know, now we know what we is. yes, yes, this person has taught us, it's perfectly all right. They can never go to the depth of the mind, so never get diluted. You have to go to the depth of the mind for which you have to make a surgical operation of your mind deeper, deeper, deeper and feel the reality at the depth of the mind, at the subtlest level of the mind and the matter and come out of the old habit pattern. May all of you experience real peace, real harmony, real happiness by sparing ten days of your life and experiencing this technique and living the life with this technique. It's an art of living, how to live, how to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. Thank you. question has come, how much do these courses cost? <laughs> can you give that cost? It is invaluable. No value tag can be attached to spirituality, it is pure spirituality, invaluable. Nothing is charged when you come for 10 days for the teaching. Nothing is charged for boarding and lodging. At the end of the course, when people feel it has done me so much good during these 10 days and I got a wonderful way to live peacefully in the future, they have volition, good volition for others. May other people also get this technique. May more and more people get this wonderful technique to come out of misery. So they give donation for other people's, for the other courses to come, and this is how it keeps on rotating, no charges. But still, you have to pay charges. You have to pay ten valuable days of your invaluable life. Then only you get this technique. (laughs) How is meditation relevant? during these difficult times after September 11th. Yes, very difficult time, I understand. And that is why it is so relevant. One thing, for those inhuman activities of the terrorists, who do not understand what they are doing, out of madness, in the name of religion, they don't understand their own religion also. The way in which they are behaving. Slowly, if this technique spreads in the world, these terrorists also start coming to courses and start to understand, it may take time. But another important thing, people get terrified. So much, so much of terror. What will happen? What will happen tomorrow? Another blast, maybe tomorrow. This fear. These terrorists, this is what they want. They want to generate terror in the society so that people start kneeling down. All right, Baba, whatever you say, we agree. We agree to your wishes. This is their their aim and we are fulfilling their aim. No fear. This technique will help you to come out of all the fears. Whenever fear comes, whenever a feeling of insecurity comes, again this enlightened person discovered, Nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. If fear has come. A good meditator of Vipassana will accept there is fear in the mind. Not related to this or that, fear as fear. And let me see what sensation. Start observing the sensations on the body. Whatever sensation you have at that time is related with fear, that is the reason. And you keep on observing the sensation. This is impermanent, arising, passing, arising, passing, not eternal. This fear related to this sensation is also not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. Your head comes above the water and this becomes weaker, weaker, passes away. People become so fearless with this technique. So this is one way to help the society and also the way in which people who are living this life of terrorism also start coming out. A number of these terrorists, hard criminals in prisons, When they learn this technique, within one, two or three courses, they start understanding. I'm harming myself. I'm harming myself because they keep on generating, even in the prison, so much of anger. When I go out, I will take revenge. I will kill this fellow who gave witness against me. I'll kill this police person. I'll I'll kill the judge all the time, revenge, anger. And now with this technique, they experience, burning, burning sensation. What I'm doing? I'm harming myself." And the teacher tells them, you may kill or may not kill, but even if you kill, it will be after 20 years when you are out of prison, but you are killing yourself today. Now what you are doing? And they start realizing, realizing. Within two, three courses they start changing. This is a way for everyone. It helps everyone. So, it is very relevant in today's time. I am happy now. Why do I need to meditate? Good question. But you don't want to be happier? Be happier. This is the happiest stage. Don't remain only happy. This is the happiest stage and this technique will help you. <laughs> Can this cure a serious disease? Yes, the most serious disease is the mental disease. You are sick at the mind level and you are miserable. Of course, all those diseases which are psychosomatic, they automatically go away. Because when the mind is sick, the body also becomes sick. Mind becomes healthy, the body becomes healthy. Even such cases where it's not merely physical physical ailment, say cancer is there. So much of pain. Terminal stage of cancer is so painful. And we have noticed quite a few the first number of treaters, Cancer patient, so much of pain but they don't take any sedative, till the last moment. They keep on smiling, observing, 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 and pass away smilingly, no fear, no crying, always conscious. This is the beauty of this technique. The the cancer is not cured, but your mind is cured. You're a happy person, you can face any difficulty, any pain. It is an art of dying. But art of dying, one can learn, only one learns art of living, learn art of living and you'll be free from the misery of death. But don't come to a course to get relieved from physical, physical ailments, otherwise you won't work properly. You are coming there to come out of your mental illness, the impurity in the mind. And the other things are just like byproduct, and they start giving their benefit. Any a Vipassana meditator also practice Tai Chi, Chuan, traditional Chinese exercise. Well, this physical exercise is perfectly all right, nothing wrong. But the moment you start adding, working with some kind of uh, vibration, which may be outside vibration, no, it will create difficulty. But if you are working Tai Chi with just as a physical Physical exercise, nothing wrong in that, Vipassana accepts it. But don't work with any kind of vibrations while you are working Tai Chi. Doesn't equanimity become boring? (laughs) 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 Then there is no equanimity. If there is boring, then there is aversion. I don't like it. Boring. I got bored with this. Aversion, there is equanimity. If real equanimity, you enjoy so much of peace, so much of harmony. So, experience real equanimity and enjoy peace. Any more questions? Come. Thank you. How would this technique help with grief? It is to come out of grief. Grief, physical, mental, even physical grief is mental grief. So when the mind is full of grief, just accept the fact, at this moment my mind is full of grief. If you are a good meditator, just accept it. Not grief because of this reason or that reason. Don't go on details. Grief is grief. And now let's see what sensation I have. Law of nature, which was discovered by this enlightened person, nothing can arise in mind without a sensation on the body. Mind and matter are so interrelated. So at that time, whatever sensation you have is related to grief. Keep on observing, observing equanimously. Grief becomes weaker, weaker and passes away. This is how you come out of grief. Your teaching has always been formless, why put millions of dollars in a religious monolith in Mumbai, the global pagoda? This is not a religious pagoda, nothing to do with religion, it is for meditation. That enlightened person found that an individual meditating, very good, it helps. But when you are joined, jointly, many people meditate together, the same technique, the whole atmosphere gets charged with peace and harmony, more benefit. And we see in these meditation centers, big centers like Igatpuri, we have sometimes 800, 900, sometimes 1,000 persons meditating together. It gives such wonderful atmosphere. So we want to see what happens when eight to 10,000 people sit together and meditate. It will be so much useful for them. So, it is for meditation. The shape is shape of pagoda, but it is a big hall without pillars where people can sit and meditate. It's only for meditation, no rites, rituals, no celebration, nothing doing, nothing to do with this religion or that religion. It's a pure meditation place. Why we have this shape? Because this technique was lost everywhere. Even in the country of origin it was lost, in India it lost, it worked only for five or six centuries, got lost. It went to different countries where it worked another one or two centuries, got lost. Only one country, Myanmar, which is called also Burma, they maintained it in its Christian purity. But very few people, others were all involved in different kinds of things. Very few people practicing this technique from teacher to pupil, generation to generation. More than 2,000 years they maintained it. And that is why we got it. So a feeling of gratitude towards that country, a feeling of gratitude towards the saintly people of those countries, those who maintained this shape of pagoda is given. When this technique went out of India to different countries, the pagoda that is at Sanchi, the same shape was built everywhere, so that people, when they meditate there, they remember, oh, it has come from India, a feeling of gratitude. So similarly, a feeling of gratitude towards Myanmar, from where this te- Technique has come out. If they had not preserved it, they would have been total darkness. So far as this technique is concerned, it would have been totally lost. So a feeling of gratitude should remain for centuries together, generation after generation. People will come, meditate here and will remember, oh, this has come from Myanmar. For that purpose it is there. No rites, no rituals, no ceremonies. Is there an effort? to bring Vipassana to the Middle East right now. Yes, everywhere. Wherever there is more misery, there is more need of Vipassana. And there are people working on it. In Israel there are continuous courses going on. A number of these Middle East people, other Muslims, they also come, there are courses being given. The courses of Vipassana are given in UAE, in Oman, in Iran. Those who understand that this is not a religion, not converting people from one religion to another religion, it's a mental exercise to keep the mind more pure, peaceful, harmonious. Every religion worth the name, preaches live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. But nobody practices. It's mere preaching, preaching, preaching. Mere preaching won't help. And even if you practice only at the surface level, you don't get the real benefit of it. So people start realizing when they come to the courses, the word spreads, that it makes a big change in the life. And like this, people, there is no religion today in the world whose followers are not coming to be Krishna courses, taking 10-day courses. Even their leaders are coming to take 10-day courses. More than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns participated in these 10-day courses and continuously they are coming. Similarly leaders of Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Jain, all they are coming because it is a science. It is an exercise of mind to make the mind healthy, healthy and peaceful. So everybody agrees it. Middle East, I am sure there is so much of misery is there. This will, as it has started, this will keep on increasing there and give peace to the people and the pleasant problem will get solved. Do you view sexual orientation, homo, hetero, as a moral issue? Sexual passion is sexual passion. Come out of sexual passion. This or that makes no difference. When one is always a slave of this sexual passion, there is no real peace. We don't say that everyone must live a life of celibacy, but as you proceed on the path, a time comes when one can live in celibacy very easily, natural celibacy. But for the time being, one should have disciplined sex. If one keeps on running from one to the other, to the third, to the fourth, there is no end to this. You are giving more fuel to this fire. You can't come out of it. For some time it looks... You are feeling something very pleasant, but really it is making you a slave of a particular habit, and you have to come out of it, come out of it. This technique helps you to come out of it. Husband and wife, if both are your personal meditators, passion arises, both of them observe sensations. Mm -hmm. Sensation. They come out of it, good, they are happy. (laughs) And even if they are, Body relation, nothing wrong, they have not broken the law, they are, not, they are not sexual misconduct. But slowly, doing this, practicing this, they come out of it. A natural celibacy. We have come across many cases where people have come out of householder's life, and they have taken a vow that we will live a celibate life. Easy to take vow, very difficult. Very difficult to live a celibate life. Passion arises. Keeps on arising, and they keep on suppressing, passion arises, they suppress, and many of them become a psychic case. (laughs) They keep running to the psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Misery, such a big misery. Or out of deep ignorance, without understanding, they have some body relation. Or sometimes they commit such heinous crimes on the children, and then they feel so guilty, guilt complex, what I have done. This is wrong, this technique helps. Not that all these, those who have left householder's life and taken vow of celibacy, not that all are coming for this purpose. They want real purity of the mind, but many of them are coming for this purpose. And they are coming out of, coming out of this passion, mad passion. They are no more slaves of passion, they start living celibacy life very naturally. How should I act when contacted with anger in other people? Anger in other people? That's the problem of other people? Why you take that problem on your head? That person is miserable when he generates anger, so have compassion on that person. He's burning, don't throw petrol on that person, he wants water, cold water. extinguish is is fire. Have some nice words, peaceful words, don't generate anger when you see see somebody angry. Why is yoga not allowed in your courses? (laughs) Yoga means physical exercises, pranayama, asana, perfectly all right. But in the courses, time is so short, ten days, not sufficient. Actually, 100 years ago, this course was given to only people who could spare one and a half month. One and a half month. I would have missed it if, I, if they are not reduced. So they are reduced to one month, 15 days, 10 days. Yes, you get the outline. Less than that, you get nothing. So time is so short. In 10 days, you have to work continuously, continuously. Any other thing, any other activity, however good it may be, when you add with this, Your mind gets distracted and you can't go to the depth of the mind. That is why during courses no yoga exercises. Going back home, it is a must. Do yoga exercises to keep your body healthy and have this mental exercise to keep your mind healthy. By cleansing the mind of thoughts, are we ignoring the life? Why ignoring the life? But useless thoughts? You keep on rolling in your past, memory, memory, which you don't need and you are wasting your energy. When really you want to remember something, you say, oh, I forgot. That means you wasted your energy and now your mind is not sharp enough to remember. You are making plans, 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 plans for so long, you don't make plans for your next step. You forget what next step should be. So be in the present moment and you will find that you are conserving your energy and that will be very helpful the thoughts will be very positive thoughts and helpful thoughts dharm kya hai dharm jeevan jeene ki kala hai kaise jiye kudrat ke kanun ko dharm kehte hain kudrat ka kanun kya hai chitt ko nirmal rakho chitt ko mehla kiya to dand milega abhi milega chitt nirmal kiya to puraskar milega abhi milega yahi dharm hai हमारे यहां भारत में दुर्भाग्य से धर्म और संप्रदाय पर्यायवाची हो गए ये हिंदू धर्म बहुत धर्म जैन धर्म धर्म आज के 1500 वर्ष के पहले ये शब्द बिल्कुल नहीं थे किसी परंपरा के धर्म ग्रंथों में देखें ये शब्द ढूंढे नहीं मिलेंगे सब जगह धर्म 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 यही था अब आगे जाके संप्रदाय बन गया से Dharma is law of nature, not Hindu dharma or Bada dharma or English dharma or Christian dharma, nothing doing. Law of nature is law of nature for everybody the same. Don't make it a sectarian thing, it is non-sectarian. It is the law which one must understand applicable to everybody. Is there an ashram or monastery in Burma or India where I can go to meditate? Not only Burma and India, around the world, these people, management will tell you or there is a website and you can go through that and they will explain to you. <laughs> Why aren't your student allowed to study with other teachers? There are other teachers, about 700 of them who are teaching, and everybody doesn't come to me and can't come to me, I can't teach to everybody. Go to these 700 student, teachers and you will get the same technique. But you. Learn a little bit of this technique and then go to a teacher who teaches some other technique and some other technique. You can't go to the depth of the mind. Select one. It suits you. And if you take a 10-day course, you will find it suits you. And carry on with this technique instead of running here and there. If you practice another meditation, another tradition, can you go back to it and your mantra after you finish a 10-day course? It's left to you. You must understand when you, gener- when you recite any mantra, it is good because it gives you a vibration which is like a shield, won't allow any bad vibration to come and harm you. But at the same time, it becomes a barrier. It won't allow you to go to the depth of your mind. This artificial vibration that you have created by the mantra will not allow you to feel the natural vibration, therefore they don't go together. If you are working on vipassana, no verbalization, no mantra. Not having any aversion towards it, whatever benefit you have got from it, you have got from this. Now you go to the deeper level of your mind, then you have to keep it aside. Mr. Goenka,
0: we know you are running short of time, but we humbly ask, do you have time
1: for a couple more questions? Good, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> After this too, I am liberated. <laughs> Good. I am happy to answer. How to live in this hostile world, if one ignores people who harm others, they think you have given them permission to abuse others? No, Vipassana does not allow that. Vipassana will not make you like a vegetable, let anybody come and cut, I don't care, I am Vipassana. Oh no. You have to take strong action, anybody who is harming you or harming anyone, anyone else, you have to take strong action to stop him. Otherwise you are supporting this person. Strong action. But before taking any strong action, vocal or physical, first examine yourself. Am I fit to take a strong action? Just for a few seconds. If you are going to be personalitated, observe the sensations and you see you are equanimous, then take action. Then it's not a reaction, it's the action. Whenever you react to something outside, it has got always an element of negativity, you become miserable and you make others miserable. But when there is the action, it's always positive, good for you and good for others. Take action, very strong action for people who are harming you or harming others. How about building a center in this area, Santa Rosa, are there any plans? I don't build centers, it is the students who build centers, take courses. And more and more of you unite together and have a center. A time will come. I know within one generation, time will come at your schools in every village, in every town. So there will be Varsana centers everywhere, like your gymnasiums everywhere. You have this meditation center everywhere. So start as quickly as you can and be happy. Be healthy.